It's time for the sports show for guys who know sports. Texarkana's longest-running sports talk program. Leaving the Yard with Chuck Zack on 107.9 The Fan and ESPN 105.9. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Leaving the Yard. Chuck Zach along with you. And uh, while Tyler Huff is uh, preoccupied with A&M Texarkana basketball this evening, the uh, Eagles are taking on uh, LSU Shreveport, we just figured we'd go big. Either go big or go home. And one of our all-time favorites, uh, Rick Minner, reached out this weekend, said, I'm going to be in town this week for a couple of days. What do you think? I will never pass up Rick Minner saying, I'm going to be in town. What do you think? And so joining us today, for you on Facebook, you see him. For you on the radio, Rick Minner joining us once again. Probably two, three times a year we get a chance to visit with you, and they are always the best visits, and welcome. Well, I appreciate it. Again, I can't even. You're... Your wardrobe gets better every time I see you. I, you know, I came in and go, well, I'll put on a sweat t-shirt. Yeah, you know, I wasn't yeah. working today, and I had no idea you were breaking out the national championship regalia oh, today. Yeah. Got to show it off a little bit. Oh man, so. it's it's good looking. Well, this was actually our uniform, our you know is, issued sweats for the last year's playoffs, right? And of course, they carry over black quite a bit during these playoffs. They issue all the teams. Last year we were one of four. This year we were one of four. Right. And uh, these look better than the ones this year. So oh, I just kept. Well, that's last year. That's, that's the twenty-two garb. Oh. This year's hat, of course. But uh, I, I always enjoy one coming home. Yeah. Family, friends. I really enjoy coming on, sharing, chatting, talking, discussing. Um, we've always had fun all the way back always. to when I first did it, and then when I was here extended in twenty. Yep. With the pandemic, found my way onto. My own little segment there on yep. Fridays for six, seven times. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So I really appreciate you, Chuck. You do a great job. I, I tune you in every now and then. I'm just sorry on my for that. Own, <laughs> on my own Facebook, yeah. pull you up, right? You know, because it pops on my phone every day. So you guys do a great job for the area, the the localist and uh, audience, and uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Well, we try, and I thank you. And I can't wait. It's going to be a great hour because you are in tune with almost everything happening in college football and, and uh, the NFL. You've had your time uh, in dealing yep. with the folks at the NFL. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to a big hour with you. So we'll start with, obviously, congratulations, national championship. Yep. I don't know how you rank best days. I mean, obviously, like, you know, the day my kids are born oh, and yeah. day I got married. And those, those days all rank. Outside of those personal days, professional days, where's the national championship? You know, it probably hasn't struck me that okay. we're the national champions, the winner of everybody. Right. Um, I'm more happy for everybody else around me. Sure. My family, my son, Jesse, uh, his family, uh, the players, all the staff. They worked so hard to do this. We, we worked as hard last year and just fell short. Sure. Came back determined. Uh you know, went through the grindstone again for the next 12 months. All these kids came back, passed up their NFL opportunities. Uh, as a staff, we improved upon last year's numbers, which were really good, but we took it to a higher level, uh, thanks to Jesse and the revelations and the just saying this is what we have to do to set us apart. You know, put us up past the, the milestones of Alabama and Georgia and the like that really do it well, particularly on defense. Right. We set the bar high, and our kids achieved it, and our coaches achieved it. So 
that's kind of like setting a goal, achieving a goal, you feel good about it. Right. So that's kind of the, the, method, the methodical approach to it. The emotional was, I don't know if you realize it, but five or six games to go in the season, I got elevated into the linebacker coaching chair uh, due to an unfortunate circumstance with our team. Right. And I just took the bull by the horns and just ran with it and kind of felt at home. So I felt even better about us winning, not because of me, but I felt like I was contributing more. Sure. As an analyst, you can only do so many uh, things. You feel good. You're in your role. You support your son slash the coordinator. Yeah, I get all that. But this year was a little extra incentive. Right. Uh, kind of being a part of it differently, coaching the guys every day, Junior Colson, Mike Barrett, uh, uh, Ernest Hausman the trio of linebackers that we play. Yep. So you just kind of felt like you were contributing to more. But by doing that, I left the sideline for a year and a half on the analyst side to go back to the box to try to help Jesse out in a little bit different way. Right. The good and the bad of being in the box. One, you got a great view of the game. You can help a little bit more maybe by seeing things. The downside is the final minute or two of the game and then into the, the finality, the celebrations. I take it – Ohio State, none bigger. Right. You go right into the Big Ten title game against Iowa, none bigger. You get into the playoffs. We play the historical and the monumental Rose Bowl against an Alabama. So we slayed the dragon uh, in a really unique way. Overtime, fourth down stop, couldn't be more dramatic. Oh, no, that's right. And then, of course, the national championship we I thought we had in hand, but they hung around, but yet Jesse kept it at bay, and then our offense put the hammer down in the fourth right. quarter. All of those were great moments. Okay. But you feel like when you're in the box, you're watching a friggin' video game. <laughs> Our guys running around doing great things. Right. I'm in the box when we stop Alabama on the fourth down <laughs> and everything erupts, goes wild, players start running up down sure. the field. And you're still you're sitting in the, in box. the box. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, what the heck am I doing up here? And uh, But that's one of the duty of being up there. But yeah. two, you miss the euphoric moment. And then you get down there a little bit afterwards, a little right. anticlimactic, but you get down there and join the, the mass in all the celebrations of which was the Big Ten, the Rose Bowl, and the 90 all had similar post-game ceremonies sure. and stage ceremonies. And you just kind of show up out of the crowd somewhere. You're lucky if you get a hat and a T-shirt, right? Because they've all scrambled. Right. Everybody and their brother who's on that sideline gets one you or get two. You get the small. Everybody oh, yeah. has got the extra large. Fortunately, the guy at the natty was smart enough. I'm talking about the guy in the box, right. this, whoever this official was, saw it coming. I guess he would have went to our box or right. Washington's right. box. But he took care of the coaches. He, he laid down about 10 T-shirts nice. and 10 hats. And so I grabbed one, stuck them in my wrap and would never let go, <laughs> and then ran down and got involved. Sure. And Because I remember at the Rose Bowl and the the Big Ten, I'm looking for these hats and these T-shirts, and I'm not getting any. That's They're already not gone. Right. I mean, it's funny. That's kind of what you're looking for because right. you see these guys wearing these that's type right. of hats right. and T-shirts, getting in the celebration and then listening to the platform talk and all right. that stuff. But uh, so it is kind of fun, yet unique to be in the box and then have to scramble down to get on the field and kind of get in the euphoric. And then I ended up with my grandson in my hands. Uh, and the rule was going into this natty, we were going to have a, a little bit of a change of philosophy that said only the parents of our fourth, fifth and sixth year players were going to get all the passes in this particular down. game to go down and celebrate with their kids. Right. The, the families would just be kind of up in the stands, sitting back, allowing that to occur. Sure. 
And uh, But one of our coaches, our D-line coach, Mike Elson, he walks over to the crowd because our families were right there on the first row. Right. He reaches up in the crowd and grabs Monty, my five-year-old, <laughs> and brings him with him. Right. <laughs> and then by the time I get down there and I'm running into anybody that would hug us, you know, <laughs> Monty, uh, Mike says, hey, you want this, you want this guy? So now all of a sudden I got Monty in my hands. And he's, Which is great for oh, a minute. It's great for a minute or but, two. But you wanted to hug other people. Now I want to find Jesse <laughs> and right. see if he wants have to take kid. it because they would have special moments, right. you know. So that's kind of what goes on by winning right. a national title, <laughs> let alone we beat Washington, right? right? How we did it, beat the crap out of oh, them. Oh, yeah. No, we were great on third down. Right. We held them to 13. Yep. All that was great. But I'm, I got my grandson <laughs> in my hand. I got to find my son. And then I got to get over the crowd and say hello to everybody. But uh, – no, it was fun. It, it's euphoric moments. Um, it was all in the master plan of Jim Harbaugh, getting this done at some point in the time spent at Michigan. Right. And it took him nine years. And then we just got lucky and came in the final two. And, and Jesse is like 28-1 and one as a D.C. That's not bad. And not bad. No. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, capped it off with 15-0, and 0, the right. 90, the whole deal. Right. And, and Michigan is such – it would be euphoric for any school that wins a natty. Certainly Alabama's had their turns and the people in the SEC. Yep. Um, but it, it only happened one time since 26 years ago at Michigan. Yep. So they've been starving a long time. They put up with a lot of anguish from Ohio State for many years. And then this last three-year run to get on and then cap it off with a third straight over Ohio State, third state – uh, straight Big Ten, yep. get the playoffs for the third time, but the third time's a charm, and uh, they nailed it. Uh, I think we could have beat anybody on that night. We took down Alabama the week before in a historic way and then uh, really did smash George, uh, Washington up pretty good. The, the, the game wasn't even as close as the score indicated. No, it was not. And uh, so Jesse did a great job in both those games. They're both different game plans. That's what was so cool. Now, normally as a linebacker coach, yep. You would have been down on the on the field, wouldn't you? Or would you have been up in the in the box? It's hard um, to communicate to your guys, isn't well, it? Well, here's the thing: as an analyst, being over thirty, right. by a couple of years, yeah, uh, I was not allowed in the box. So I'm on the sideline due to rules as an analyst. Right now, Jesse had it set up that all position coaches were on the sideline. Right. They they had the rapport with their players. Right, and then we had enough guys of support in the box to take care of Jesse's needs right. from the box. But once it was just an overnight deal or spur-of-the-moment right, right. thing, it's kind of like, hey, do you want to go in the box and maybe you can see things or throw down a few things here and there, just see the game from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't like I had the rapport with the linebackers. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been away from them right. uh, due to the rules. Right, right. And our grad assistant, Latroy Lewis, had a good working relationship okay. with our linebackers. Okay. So we just switched places. Gotcha. He had been in the box. I said, let me take that job, and you go down and hang with those linebackers that you've been really working with every day. When, when's the last time you actually worked up in the box a lot? Uh, it's been a while in the I, box. I was going to say, you've been down on the field an you awful know, lot. Yeah, most of the time as a coordinator, my entire right. career I was there. Right. Uh, the two or three-year span, it started with my uh, maybe second year at Notre Dame. Okay. Charlie kind of forced me to go to the box. All right. And I kind of fought it initially, but once I got up there, it really worked out good. Right. And I saw the game from a different angle, vantage. Uh, Jesse was up there with me as his very first year to get in the game right. coaching. We were in there together. It was we, we talked and laughed, uh, laughed about that. Uh, and then when I went to Marshall, 
a couple of times I stayed in the box. Okay. So there was times I enjoyed okay. it. But I'm basically a sideline guy. You get a better feel for right. it. And certainly at the end of the game, it's a lot better to be on the field. <laughs> I, I left the box when we beat Ohio State. Now, remember the Ohio State game came down to the final play almost. Exactly. With Rod Moore doing the interception. Right. So we're way up in the box, and we're on the other side of everything. So we got to come down the box, get in golf carts, be carted all the way around the stadium, and now you got crowd problems. Right. And so I finally make it to the what we call the tunnel, where the locker rooms disperse into mm-hmm. the tunnel down to the field. So I get down to the tunnel. I'll get to the tunnel and go down the tunnel. But the moment I just hit pay dirt, right, the stadium floor, it was millions of people it felt like on the floor and i had nowhere to go sure i mean i like to just wait in my wall to wall humanity oh yeah it, right. you couldn't find a crack to go in Jeez. to hug somebody and so we just turn around yeah. and walk back up and just waited for it to all come to the locker room right. and those are special moments too right. in the locker room uh jim jesse uh the players the way we handle the post game uh you know we sing the fight song. Sure. We always say, "Who's got it better than us?" That's right. Um, and we're always picking out people for like game ball type things. Sure. And we sing, "He's a jolly good fellow." I nice. mean, we just have a lot of sure. fun in the locker room, and Jim Harbaugh does it does it all really right. well. You mentioned Junior Colson. We're about to hit a break here in a minute. Uh, you know, I'm a Packer fan. We need inside linebacker. Take him. I, I you know I watched him thinking this guy he may not be a first round guy. But if he's not a second-day guy, somebody's going to miss, I think. He will be a second-round linebacker. Yeah. You can count on That's him. what I thought. Um, here's a guy that has got all the physical tools, the intangibles, the smarts, the intelligence, the quick change of direction, yep. all that stuff. What he did this year with the physical limitations that he had, and I say that because people may not be watching, but it, he, he broke him out of carpal about the fourth, fifth game, yep. and it put a cl- what we call the club, club right? Arm. It means yep. your, your hand's completely yep. closed with tape and cast. So he had nothing but that right. on this hand. Try to tackle and catch and, with that. And then about five, six, about seven games into the season, he did damage to the other hand, <sighs> and it ended up being a configuration kind of like this right? to where this was solid. Oh. And I don't know if these were free or not, but he might have had two fingers <laughs> to play his game with. I'm talking – 11 tackles in the last game, 8 or 10 tackles in the Big Ten, played like a champion against Alabama. Uh, Not only as a linebacker is it tackling, but it's block destruction, holding points, try to make an interception, all that kind of stuff. He did it with so many limitations, and he's still a first-round guy that will probably go in the second. All right, we got to take a break. Rick Minner is in here. It is an unbelievable chance to hear a lot of football. Stick around. We're coming right back, leaving the yard. Here on the Fan 107.9 and ESPN 105.9. The Bush Guide. Cold and smooth survival skills. For a successful stint in the great outdoors, pack accordingly. Place heavy essentials near your spine for stability in rough terrain with light items near the bottom. Now, you may be wondering, where does the bush light go? In your stomach. Bush. Head for the mountains. 
Enjoy responsibly. Copyright 2023 and Anheuser-Busch, Bush Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Globe Life Field is your home for college baseball with three full weekends of action starting February 16th at the home of the Texas Rangers. It all starts with the Shriners Children's College Showdown presented by Kubota featuring Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oregon, Tennessee, and Nebraska. Next is the Kubota College Baseball Series with Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Michigan, and Oregon State in Weekend 2 and TCU, Texas A&M, Arizona State, and USC for Weekend 3. To get tickets and learn more, visit globelifefield.com slash collegebaseball. In this community, they call the fire department when the days go bad. They don't know what to do. There'll be a family member and will come up and give me a hug or shake my hand and say, hey, you took care of my dad X number of years ago, and they just wanted to say thank you and how much it meant to them. Things like that just keep me going. I'm ready to come back and do it again. I try to take pride in, in, in every single thing that I do. When I'm needed in the community, I don't want them to ever think that I could have done more. And that's the beauty of volunteers. There's nothing stronger than the heart of a volunteer. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, oh, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Babes, what are you doing? What? I'm just mowing the lawn. No, it's blazing hot and dry out here. Don't you remember? Smokey Bear says... Avoid using power equipment when it's windy or dry. Where'd you learn this? Oh, it's on... SmokeyBear.com with many other wildfire prevention tips. Right. Thanks, honey bear. Because remember, only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. You saved my life. You held my hand when I was scared. You helped me say goodbye to my dad. You were an example for me. You gave me strength when I thought I had none left. I couldn't tell you then, but I want to say thank you, all of you, for everything. Thank you to the physicians, nurses, and others working in America's hospitals and health systems. A message from the American Hospital Association, American Medical Association, and American Nurses Association. This is Leaving the Yard, Leaving the Yard with Chuck Zack. Chuck Zack. Presented by Liberty ILO ISD. And our studio sponsor, Eagle Distributing. On 1079 The Fan and ESPN 1059. Alright, it's about 19 minutes after the hour. Welcome back. Chuck Zack here on The Fan 1079 and ESPN 1059. Rick Minner, who... Uh, Officially linebackers coach at uh, at Michigan as the uh, 2023 season came to an end. Options are still out there for what's going to happen next year. Jim Harbaugh obviously is not there anymore as he took the job in Los Angeles as the Chargers head coach. Yep. Um, it was a weird 2023 for Jim. Sitting as many he games was. as he had to Very sit. Very unfair in so many ways. Yep. Yet you have to attack the captain of the ship. We sure. get that. Um, uh, you know the first. I mean, he missed half the season. Yeah, but he's. But it shows you how he is such a strong cultural CEO leader that he can step away, and the ship just keeps floating right, right. down. Really, really well. Jesse did it one game. 
Uh, I mean, you know, these guys, it would have been a little more challenging had Jim missed six weeks of time. In a row, yeah. You know, yep. or, 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 you know, Monday through Friday, the whole, right. you know, six-week period or five, or three-week, three-week period right. of time. But it was game day. Right. And so at least made it more doable. He's our guy all week long. He's conducting meetings on Friday night. He's around on sometimes Saturday morning. Sure. And it's kind of like showing up at the stadium and all of a sudden you find out your head coach is sick or something sure. and just not going to be here today. And all the guys that filled in, Sharon, you know, no less, did a great job. Uh, but you're managing your own area, Jesse the defense, Sharon the offense, Jay the special teams, and then somebody has to call timeouts. Somebody's got to decline penalties. Some people's got to talk to the team before the game, halftime right. and after the game. So not that those are light duties, and they're good practice, as it turns out, for Sharon Moore. Sure. I mean, he did it four times, and now he's the head guy. So some of those things he did, he'll certainly put into practice now full-time. Jim's about as high a profile coach as there was in the country. Sharon Moore, probably most people are going to go, who? At, at Michigan, I'm assuming the folks who are Michigan folks know Sharon Moore and know oh, that that's a great hire. Absolutely. Those who are fringe fans are going, why do we get this guy? Why didn't we get XYZ big-name guy out there? The reality is Sharon Moore's ready. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got to be a first-time guy, right. and some get better jobs than others or better opportunities than others. Right. He landed with a great job, yeah. and it's uh, but big shoes to fill. I mean, so the expectations can't be any higher – but I know he's ready for it and excited about it, and, and I think he'll do a great job. He'll be a high-energy uh, recruiting guy, uh, maybe more so than Jim in some cases, You know, just a younger approach to it and a more you know, energetic approach, and that's going to attract guys. They'll have to address how they're going to do NIL. Ugh. And um, go forward, Ugh. and uh, if, if, if they're all on board, <laughs> if they're all on board, then they'll be fine. Right, and uh, it, it'll be an adjustment, no matter who the coach is. I mean, Jim would have had a, a challenging time had he returned because you just don't lose twenty starters that played uh, mountainous moments right. for us and lose a quarterback like JJ and not have some type of adjustment period. So Would J.J. have come back if Jim came back, do you think? I can't say I know the answer no. to that. Um, there were a handful of guys who I think may have been, at least from the outside, look like they were on the fence of, do we take another run at this? But for a lot of them, and with the NIL, it changes the dynamic. Obviously, you don't have to wait to get to the league to make money. You right. can make it while you're in college. But some of these guys are ready to start their career. Oh, yeah. And, and a lot of them are ready to it, start it. That's right. You know, whether J.J.'s ready, that'll be proven in time. You know, it's it's a mixed bag of results as yep. to who leaves college after three or even four. And, you know, he started, you know, what, 30 games roughly, yep. that type of deal. So that's a lot of games. Yep. I was just seeing uh, – I was being reminded yesterday I looked at Mark Sanchez do a piece on Colin Cowherd's show. And I remember the argument with him 10 years, 15 years ago now was he left after 16 starts. And he got to two AFC title games right away as, with the Jets as a rookie. Yep. But his career never quite took off. Now, is it because he never had the ceiling to be dynamic? Or was it rushed and not prepared and then it ran out on him before he was really ready? Who right. knows? It's a crapshoot. Uh, I'd like to see J.J. Uh, succeed, number one. But get in a, perhaps get in a place where he can mature a little bit behind somebody that's on the decline, sure. but not being pushed out the door too quick, and then go from there. It's a tough, you know, 
Some franchises are desperate. This is how this works. If you're at the top of the draft, you're probably bad, and you're probably needing something quickly. And especially as a head coach, you may be needing to save your job. So you're throwing the high draft pick in there, whether he's ready or not. You know, 30, 40 years ago, it doesn't matter when you got picked. You were sitting for a while behind a veteran to learn, and then you were getting out there. So it's also somewhat of a blessing to not be picked at the top of the draft and let better teams have a chance to grab you where they've already got a guy. The Cowboys, for instance. You got Dak Prescott sitting there. If they would pick J.J. McCarthy, he's not going to start this year. He's not going to start next year unless the Cowboys break it off with Dak. You sit for a year or two or learn. We're learning that from the Packers with with Love, who had to sit for three years behind Rodgers, who sat for three years behind Favre. That's right. The Packers know what they're doing. They don't get influenced. They don't have a yeah. team owner. They've got a corporate owner. That's right. Ownership. So they've proven over these 30 years that you can take a starter, draft his replacement, and give him time to grow and mature. Yep. Now, it doesn't sit well with the guy. Never does. And it didn't with either one of those guys. <laughs> nope. But when Jordan Love got drafted, what did Aaron Rodgers do? Two back-to-back MVPs yep. to show you, hey, I still got it. But he proved Jordan Love that there was value in him sitting behind a, right. a Hall of Fame quarterback for three years before getting his chance. And from the ninth game on this year, not to get off on Jordan Love, he was like the best quarterback in the NFL for like nine weeks. Yeah, no. And uh, so it's been proven that it can get done. Uh, I, ironically, J.J. stopped by my office on his way out of town because all these guys, once they declare – you know, they want to get out of town, you get bet. with their agents, yep. and go to these locations, work out, nutrition, all this yep. stuff. And I, do, we were just talking, just shooting the breeze. He and I always got along well for two years, but we we just kind of had this little old man, young kid, <laughs> you know, relationship. Just a few words here and there. Sure. Uh, always that big smile coming down the hallway. And I finally said, come on in, let's chat. And we just opened up and talked for, you know, he's getting, you know, he's engaged now. He's going to be married. I mean, just nice. small talk. Right. But I said, you know, it'll, it'll happen for you. You know, it'll happen. Just be patient. Yep. Don't put too much pressure. And I said, you know, sometimes, J.J., it's the guys that get drafted later than yep. they really want to that get to the better teams, and therefore your life really turns out better in the long run. You might yep. not see it up front. He says, Coach, that's one reason I went out because I'm probably going to be a mid to later round pick, and I'm going to end up with a good club. So his rationale, sure, he's got I didn't it. have to put the word in his yeah. mouth. He, he was already kind of thinking that yeah. way. So hopefully we wish nothing but the best for him and all of our guys who declared. Blake Corum coming back I thought was big time for Michigan. Of course, he got hurt at the end of last year. Yep. But coming back this year, I, I think that was the message of we're committed to trying to finish this out with a championship. You know, he, and along with a bunch of other guys last year, all made that same commitment. Right. And what we tried to express to them, you're not just saying with talk, come back, let's win a natty. They had to pledge to come back and go through the entire grind and process of another year. I mean, they they got no exemptions. They didn't get some slack cut. You know, they might miss a few inside run drills because you're the starting running back. But they went through the whole process. And that spring under Herb, that summer under Herb, that's fall camp, that's grinding, that's going through 12 more games, 13 more games, 14 more games. And he made it happen because he was the bell cow uh, of the offense. He's the face of the offense. Everybody likes J.J., but Blake Corum set the tone for our entire team, particularly on the offensive side. Only running back in the country to score a rushing touchdown all 15 games. Uh, every game he played in, he scored a touchdown. That's crazy. He was monumental. He yeah. always got us over the hump. He'll have an outstanding NFL career. You, you mentioned the, the Big Ten championship game against Iowa. Iowa had such a strange 
season program, whatever. I mean, obviously, uh, Kurt's son was under heat all year long. You have to score X number of points. You're going to lose your job. But on the other side, I mean, you guys won. But I don't know that I remember a team that had no offense that had better defense than Iowa did. Can you remember? They were unbelievable. (laughs) One, that West was down. Okay, let's all sure. confess. Oh, no question. Nebraska's not quite Minnesota, all of Wisconsin. They're all New down coach, a little bit. Right. But Kurt Ferentz is arguably one of the best coaches ever. Yeah. If you just talk about doing more with less and doing it, you know, technical, fundamental, old school way, running the football, playing great defense, they do that. Yep. And they were in that title game with like the worst offensive <laughs> stats in the country, like ever. bottom 10 <laughs> yeah. in every category. Yep. And they hung in the game because yeah. our offense still struggled a little bit to to move the ball at will. Yep. Uh, kicking game broke one. Defense had a great game. Jesse called a tremendous game. We turned it over four or five times yeah. and set our offense up, and that's how we won the game. I was frustrating to play against. Oh, every year yeah. they are, no that's matter right. who no matter who you are. The, this year, the Big Ten was noted for three teams on our side. You know, Penn State, Ohio State, and ourselves were bell cows right. and top ten type programs. And uh, the West was just all the way down. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out next year when you get the infiltration mm. from the West with the four new teams coming. I know Michigan's schedule, our schedule is horrendously tough compared to Open what it with has Texas? Been. Second game. Yeah, second game. Yeah. And some of these marquee games that are you know called the big yeah. time game now, whether it's USC, whether it's Oregon, Oregon yeah. and Texas, are all at home. Oh, that's this. This may be a year you don't necessarily want all those games at home. <laughs> really, I mean, because you just hope it doesn't turn into something not as good as you right. you, know, you hope no. for. It's going to be a challenge, no matter who's like I said, because every program digests and you know goes through growing pains, and this one is probably headed for some growing pains. We got more to talk about. We got to take a break here in about a minute and a half. I got to remind folks it's a basketball night tonight. Um, we have, uh, of course I have a schedule and I don't have tonight. <laughs> well, that's not good. We have basketball going on tonight. Our Texas high is going to be on the radio right here. Paul Wilson's going to be calling the, uh, the Tigers game this afternoon or evening. I think Mount Pleasant's in town. So they'll be getting that game on the radio for you at about seven 30 tonight. Uh, want to remind folks tomorrow we have, uh, obviously Razorback Billy in here for his hour of time. John McClure, Texas high's baseball coach is going to be joining us for part of the show tomorrow. And then Thursday, it is realignment day. If there's a bigger day in high school football other than opening day and the state championship day, I can't imagine what it is because for the next two years, all the schools are going to find out what district they're going to be in, who they're going to see, and what their schedules are going to start looking like. So Thursday, we're going to have Brad Willard, the new coach from Liberty Isla, in here. He's committed to coming up. We'll uh, talk a couple of uh, other coaches and see about getting them in. But we know Liberty Isla is having the biggest change, dropping from 4A to 3A. And so we're certainly going to get some time with Coach Willard and get his take on his first year first look at a 3A district that he's going to now find himself and the Leopards in. So we'll do that on Thursday. So we got lots going on this week. We'll take a quick time out. Rick Minner's hanging out with us this afternoon. We'll be back in just a minute here on Leaving the Yard on the Fan 107.9 and on ESPN 105.9. Back in a minute.
Here's your game guy from 107.9 The Fan. High school basketball is on the air when Mount Pleasant comes to town tonight for a 7.30 tip-off against the Texas Tigers. Then Friday, the Lady Tigers take the floor against Longview at 6.30. Catch the games live on Texarkana's local sports leader, 107.9 The Fan. Plus, hear the Pro Bowl and Super Bowl here on Texarkana Station for the NFL. We're the home of the Texas High Tigers. 107.9 The Fan. This is Community Matters. Randy Sam's Outreach Shelter provides free services for the homeless, opening its doors to anyone in the Texarkana area who needs a good meal or a place to stay. Randy Sam's also provides life skills and job training for men and women. Volunteers and donations keep the shelter running, and donating your old vehicle to Randy Sam's may qualify you for a tax deduction. For more information about how you can make a difference, click randysams.org. Texarkana Media Center cares about the community. 100% Texarkana. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Maybe you're not sure how you'll make rent, or you lost your job. When you don't know where to turn, let 211 be your guiding light. Our guides are ready to connect you with the help you need. 211, how can I help you? Call or visit 211.org. 211. Get connected. Get help. A message from United Way and the Ad Council. Right now, our country feels divided, but there's a place where people are coming together. I gotta tell you, I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too, but I'm glad we are. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and life experiences come together through conversation, and it feels good. Wow, your story is so... uh, Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) When people actually sit down, talk, and listen to one another, they can break down boundaries and connect as human beings. At lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step, you can listen to amazing, life-changing conversations and find simple tools to start a conversation of your own. I know one thing. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together by having the courage to start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. Now, Now, here's the four states weather forecast from 107.9 The Fan. What a nice week in store for us. Clear tonight with a low of 38. Sunny tomorrow, high of 64. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low of 38. Partly sunny on Thursday with a high of 67. Listen anytime on your computer or smart device through our website or with the Texarkana Media Center app from the Google Play or App Store. Leaving the Yard on 107.9 The Fan and ESPN 105.9 is presented by Liberty Ilo ISD and our studio sponsor, Eagle Distributing. All right, we welcome you back. 25 minutes till top of the hour, leaving the yard, Chuck Zach. And Rick Minner in here today as we've been talking all kinds of football stuff. And we, we mentioned Jim leaving and going to uh, – Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan and going to the West Coast to Los Angeles. Last time we saw you back in the summer, I don't know that anybody knew it was time, but Nick Saban let everybody know at the end the last game his team played was against Michigan yep. and rode off into the sunset in yep. retirement. Were you surprised by that? You know, a little bit. Uh, we all kind of – as, as coaches, and particularly guys like me that are aging, 
you think Nick is in a lot better place than Bobby Bowden even was, yeah. Joe Paterno was, you know, those guys that went on into the their 80s. And you said if there's anybody can do it, it's Nick because he's physically looks looks healthy, yeah. uh, works out all the time. Take, but you know what I appreciate about him the most was his honesty with himself that said, at the rate I have to do this every year, the the, I mean he is hands on. He is a hands on CEO of, of Bama football, all aspects, offense, defense, kicking, recruiting. I once was told by his personnel guys that he writes up, just like I would do as an NFL scout, 500 kids every year. Wow. He writes up every guy. He spends the energy to be a hands-on CEO guy. Maybe not as much perspective in life outside of football other than his lovely wife. But I think I appreciate his honesty of saying, for the energy that I know it takes to keep Bama football where it is, I don't have it. I'm I'm just growing older. Right. I'm, I'm I'm I don't have that zip anymore. Right. He might think twice about it now. Who knows? A couple of weeks later, but I appreciate his honesty with himself. Yeah. That you know what I've did it. I run my race. Uh, I'll go out not a winner because we beat him the last game, but uh, no, nobody's accomplished more in the last fifty years on the game as he has yeah. under the competitiveness that it's the game is under now. Now. As he's gone, someday you'll sit him down, talk to him. I don't know if he really likes the way college football's headed right now. He adjusted. He adapted. Oh, it sounds like he does. But I don't think he's, he's like Jim. They're old school guys yeah. in the positive ways. They're both high character, high integrity people, both of those guys. And I just know Jim had another option left in his life at 60 is to go chase the Lombardi Trophy. Sure. There's never a more competitive guy than Jim Harbaugh. And he told me the other day he spent 21 years in college as a coach and player, and he spent 21 years in the league as player or coach. And he said a quote the other day. He says, well, college football does not offer the Lombardi Trophy, and that's what I'm chasing. And that's the number one reason he's going back. Now, back to Nick. I respect him. I've always wanted to work for him since I was a head coach uh, to learn the way, the blueprint, you know, that all these guys have. It never happened, but I have nothing but respect for Nick Saban and what he accomplished. Were you surprised, or maybe that's not the right word, but the post-Saban announcement, I, I thought they got a really quality head coach to replace him. Kalen DeBeer looks like he's an up-and-comer. Oh, and a I good think co- it's a big-time replacement. But, but I was very um, taken aback how fast players jump ship. Yep. 25-ish guys who were already on the roster decided they were entering the portal half what we're up to almost a dozen guys who were high school kids who had either verbally committed or were have decided I'm going someplace else including yeah. Alabama kids which I have said this yeah. on the show a couple of times it's one thing when a Texas kid says well Nick Saban's not going to be there I'm not going when a kid from Troy Alabama says yeah I'm going someplace else I I don't even know where we are anymore you no. know what I mean I mean you would think if you're a kid growing up in Alabama and you get a chance to go to the University of Alabama to play, whether it's Nick Saban or Kalen DeBear, who's who's the coach, that that's where you're going to go. You know, have you ever heard of the word emotional reaction? I have, certainly have, You yes. know what I mean? Let emotion override good judgment, yeah. all those types of cliches. I think a lot of those players probably did that. Uh, they come to Alabama. It's kind of like somebody said, I've been reading a lot of these articles, whether it be NIL-related, now portal-related. It's the monster that's been created. 
uh, it's kind of like everybody at Alabama in so many ways. There were guys being taken care of with NIL deals. We'd be naive not to say they weren't. That's right. But there's lots of them that probably came to Alabama and never quite got what some of the buddies around them were getting. So they call it the Alabama discount, the Dick Saban discount. Okay. I'll go here and play, and as long as Nick's here, I'm going to go the league. Yeah. It's almost assured. I'm going to go the league. I'm going to make my money back That's later right. on. Right. So some of them, without knowing who Kellen DeBoer is right. and uh, not giving him a chance, I think they're going to be great on offense. I'll tell you that. No matter who, they'll be great on yep. offense. Uh, they just jumped ship because it was their moment in time to react, to be have their feelings hurt. Mm. I read uh, Downs' comments today. You know, He finally opened up and talked yeah. to the safety. He says, folks, I was shocked. I walk into that meeting that day, two or three weeks ago, and heard my guys leaving, and I was just shocked. So what are we to do? Sit around and wait and see who the new guy is, give him an equal opportunity, or just do what everybody else does, and that's jump in the portal and let the bidding begin. And that's really what it's becoming. Let, it kind of let the bidding begin. And everybody would have thought then he'd go to Georgia because you just slide over and play the same defense, right. stay in the south, stay where it's good. But then Ohio State's right now reevaluating how they need to do the NIL and other business, and they jumped in the fray and landed this guy along with a bunch of other guys. Yeah, so, they did. So they're being the aggressor, but but these Alabama guys just – I mean, look at Michigan. Jim Harbaugh leaves, and all of a sudden our portal opens up for our guys. Right. And they've been bid on, and some of them will stay strong and, and hang with Chevron. Others will open up their antennas. Uh, I think the key time to watch the Michigan effect about the portal with Jim is in May. Let let four months go by. Let spring training come and go. Let the academic semester take care of itself. Yep. Our school starts earlier than most schools back. So a lot of our guys really aren't in and out of the portal like a lot of people are because at the end of the month you could still make a choice. So wait and see what happens there just like it. Uh, look and see what happened. You know, Washington had their coach leave, and their kids jump in the portal, and they didn't promote automatically the OC, which is Alabama's gain. Right. They went out and got Jed Fitch from Arizona. Arizona. They yep. went out and got the guy from San Jose. That's the domino effect. Right. It's crazy. Uh, and Jim, the people at Michigan on the timing of everything was so in love with Sharon. It's just his time. Time will prove whether or not you know they made the right decision. Sure. But right now, on paper and with the eyes of the players and even the fans, they believe they made the right choice and see what it happens going forward. But did, did you think Nick was going to endorse somebody on his staff? No. No. I didn't think so. I didn't think there was anybody on the staff, right. really, that deserved that ready. job. Yeah. You kind of thought it would go the way of one of his descendants, you know, whether it be a Dan Lanning. But I think all of those guys were smart enough to say, you know what, I got a good job, yes. and I don't want to follow that <laughs> no. guy. So let time pass because all those guys are young. Right. You know, Dan Lennon's young. Lane still got it. Uh, Shark still has it. Uh, anybody else in that line could have said, that's me, that's me. They all get raises, of course. Exactly. You know, they, they parlay Thank you, the, Nick. Yeah, you know, they parlay it the right way. <laughs> that's right. But uh, one, I don't think they wanted to follow Nick, the legend. Nope. But I do think Alabama came out of this thing smelling like a rose. They really did. Cullen is a good head coach. He was better because his OC is now going to follow him. And they went out and hired a guy that's not as known, but Kane Walmack is going to be the D.C. Now, Kane Walmack's father is a guy named Dave Walmack. He's been around forever, just like me. And uh, he and Jesse are really good friends. got great respect for each other. Okay. He was the head coach at South Alabama the last three or four years. Left IU with Tom Allen. 
Um, he's been down there before, was raised, you know, as his dad bounced around the South, he bounced around as a kid. But he is a great defensive guy, and I think he will do a tremendous job at Alabama on defense. Right. It'll be different than Nick, but it'll be great. And it'll be different on offense, but it'll be good. The guys that coming out of that Washington DeBoer system are really good. I think they have a good plan on offense. We're going to find out, I think, it's not now. It's going to be next year, December, how the recruiting goes. Is, is Alabama going to continue to be a top 10 recruiting school, or are they going to struggle and our kids are going to go, ah, I don't know this guy. I, I think that they have a lot of talent. Yeah. It's easy to be a really good coach if you got a lot of talent. Um, I think Kellen, the lessons he's going to learn real fast, yeah. and I'm sure he's already been indoctrinated, is just learn the ways of the SEC in the South as to how important football is, how passionate it is, uh, how, what people will do now that the wallets are all open. Oh, yeah. Um, but he'll do well. As a coach, I think that's a good choice for them. It's a crazy new world. We, we, you and I have said this a couple times. It just keeps – every time we see each other, it's a little different, and it seems just a little further away from where we had been. And, and I, I do I do believe Jim Harbaugh, while he gave his heart and soul to Michigan, he is a legend in Michigan history forever. He wants to chase the Lombardi, but I don't believe he's going to miss college football. No, I don't think so either. Other than the kids. We're going to take a break. One more segment. You going to stick around? I'll be here. We're, we're going to do <laughs> one more. About 15 minutes till top of the hour, leaving the yard. Chuck Zach. It's Rick Minard sitting in today. As we'll uh, come right back here on the Fan 107.9 and ESPN 105.9. Nine one one. Call if you can. Text if you can't. Nine one one cannot accept pictures or videos, but make sure you let them know the emergency and your exact location. Use simple language, no abbreviations or slang. Text nine one one is now available in ten counties in the area: Lamar, Delta, Hopkins, Red River, Franklin, Titus, Morris, Bowie, Cass, and Miller counties. If you can't call nine one one, text nine one one. This public safety announcement brought to you by the Arctic's Council of Governments. Globe Life Field is your home for college baseball with three full weekends of action starting February 16th at the home of the Texas Rangers. It all starts with the Shriners Children's College Showdown presented by Kubota featuring Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oregon, Tennessee, and Nebraska. Next is the Kubota College Baseball Series with Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Michigan, and Oregon State in Weekend 2 and TCU, Texas A&M, Arizona State, and USC for Weekend 3. To get tickets and learn more, visit globelifefield.com slash collegebaseball. In Arkansas, cancers of the lung, breast, prostate, and colon are the leading cause of cancer deaths. Yet simple screenings can save lives, helping doctors find and treat cancer early. If you have a family history of cancer, you need to start screenings even earlier because cancer screenings can never come too soon, only too late. To learn more, visit cancer.uams.edu. 
Sponsored by this station, the Arkansas Broadcasters Association, and UAMS. Hey, y'all, I'm always looking local first. We're making sure our babies have a bright future. You know, local businesses depend on our support. They're usually first in line to support our local organizations. Let's do our part to always look local first. Don't throw your damaged cell phone away. It's repairable. Whether it's a screen replacement or micro soldering, MTech Electronics can repair it. And at the best price in town. Call them today for your smartphone, computer, and game console repairs. 4012 Summer Hill Square, Texarkana. Would you're craving a real, honest-to-goodness, old-fashioned hamburger with the freshest ingredients and french fries that make a jackrabbit slap a hound dog. Head over to 201 East Broad, TLC Burgers and Fries. Open Monday through Thursday, 10.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Open till 7, Friday and Saturday. Legacy Cleaners, formerly Holiday Cleaners, has 35 years experience and four locations in Texarkana and surrounding areas, including their newest location at 210 West 7th Street. For the best starch jeans in town, it's Legacy Cleaners. They can handle your your finest threads. Look local first and everybody benefits from the store owners to people like you and me supporting them. Look local first. Every 36 seconds, a vehicle is stolen in the United States. Cars are an important investment and you have the power to protect it. Remove valuables from your car or place out of view. Roll up your windows completely. Don't leave your car running while unattended, especially during the winter. And always lock your doors and take your keys or fob with you. If you know something about a vehicle theft, call us at 1-800-TELL-NICB. This is a public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Hey, Joe, I thought you were retired. (laughs) Living on a fixed income is tough. So here I am, an essential worker. I know. I mean, food prices are going up every day. Thank goodness for BenefitsCheckup.org. Benefits what? BenefitsCheckup.org. It's a free website where people over 60 can find help to pay for food, medicine, even utilities. I got $1,200 a year in benefits. Maybe it can help you. Keeping you updated on happenings in the Twin Cities. This is 107.9 The Fan's Community Calendar. The four states' youth flyers currently covers Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana and provides youth 8 to 18 the opportunity to go flying and to educate kids of available jobs. Donations can be made at www.the4statesyouthflyers.org. Call 603-417-4000 for more information. You're listening to Leaving the Yard on 107.9 The Fan and ESPN 105.9. Brought to you by Liberty Ilo ISD and our studio sponsor, Eagle Distributing. Welcome back. One more segment here on Leaving the Yard. Ten minutes till top of the hour. Chuck Zach with you this afternoon here on The Fan 107.9 and ESPN 105.9. Rick Minner, special guest hanging out for the hour. It has been amazing as always as we've been talking football. I, I say every time you're in there, it's a master class. If, if, you, if you're tuning in, you're a football guy. You leave smarter every time. Not better looking necessarily, but smarter every time Rick's in here. And uh, we certainly want to thank you for coming in again today and spending an hour with us. Love it all the time. Um, now, obviously, Jim hasn't filled out a staff yet. Right. And, and and there are Jim Harbaugh in, in Los Angeles has not filled out a staff. There's lots of rumors out there about who's going to be the guys. It seems like Jesse Minner's a hot property. <laughs> the Cowboys, if Dan Quinn gets a job, look like he's on the list that they would like to talk to him. I know you're biased. He's your son. 
How good has he become at this over the last five years? He's become friggin' awesome, uh, particularly even at Michigan from year one to year two. Yeah. Made behind the scenes transformations about how he looks at things, how we need to do things. It's not about the what, it's about the how. Okay. And got some of those things right. And we were just a awesome dominating defense, dominated college football in almost every category. It's kind of the same thing. You look at the Ravens, Mike McDonald, the hot guy who could get a head job today or tomorrow even. Yep. And he's not even talked about. Not much, but yep. in the right circles he is because yep. he's highly respected. But he's number one in the league in every major category. Rush, yep. I mean, uh, points, sacks, turnovers, all this kind of stuff. And so he and Jesse are really good friends. They worked together for three or four years in the in, in Baltimore. They're kind of out of the same cloth they see the game the same. They're both these young 35- to 40-year-old guys that see the game differently than some of the older guys, and they don't live by the blitz. They don't die by the blitz. Right. They have the illusion of the blitz sure. and play too high. Scoring in the NFL has dropped over the last three years, and the number one reason is people's willingness and ability to play too high safeties and still stop the run, and that's how we beat Ohio State and all these other people by not selling out but yet partially doing it disguises, sim pressures, mans, mix it up. Uh, they're both good. And I say that complimentary Jesse. He's a great defense coordinator. Sees the game unbelievably well. Has help, sure, but all good coordinators have help around them. They they contribute. They collaborate. They listen to people. But when the game's on the line in the, in the Rose Bowl, he's going to make the call. I asked him, I said, on the last play of the game, I said, what do you think? He said, you know I'm bringing pressure. And he brought the exact right call at the exact right moment I wasn't going to tell him what to do. That was sure. his business That's and right. his call. And I said, good. And, boy, just hit just right. <laughs> and they had a good play called, and we had a better defense called. Yep. And it won the national – put us in position to win the national title. Last four, last two plays of the game on last Monday night, two, week, two Monday nights ago, we're bringing a corner fire. It looks like max pressure. You're bringing Will Johnson, All-American type kid, off the corner, and we're bringing four players. Yeah. But it, to the illusion, it looks like you're bringing the house sure. from that side, and yet we're rolling into a cover two, so the quarterback has no real clean path to throw the football. Yep. So they're very modern, Mike and Jesse both, modern on how they call games and how they see the game and how they study opponents. And, uh, you know, Mike's been college, set the, set the tone at Michigan, went back, get, it's got the tone, now he's put himself in position. Yep. Jesse has put himself in position to be pursued by – no less than seven or eight NFL teams. Right. I mean, he's been on some interviews. Uh, he's employed by Michigan. He'll make decisions when it's time to make decisions. But uh, he is a hot guy. Yeah. And not because he's my son, but I'm proud of him because he is my son, that he's getting these opportunities when to he, look at. When he took the job at Vanderbilt, it looked it was one of those head-scratching moves. Leaving Baltimore, defense that was great. Yeah. Going to Vanderbilt where you knew you were going to be at the bottom end of the yep. SEC, you're going to struggle against the, the Alabamas and Georgias, et cetera. Yep. Walk me through the, the thinking, because I know you guys had this conversation oh, about why this job, why does it make sense, and how did it lead to springboarding to Michigan? Well, all that's true. I was over there, ironically, back in 2020, December, COVID, when he got the call from Clark Lee who was then the coordinator at Notre Dame, just been named a Vandy guy. He's got playoffs to worry about. Jesse's got playoffs to worry about, but they plant the seed. And we were talking about a little bit. He came over and visited him, got face-to-face, got sold on Clark's image and vision. 
But I think the the reason and the and the goodness that came out of now hindsight of going to Vanderbilt, it got him out of the NFL for a year, okay. got him back into college football, game planning against multi-spread offenses and highly talented offenses, much more so talented than his own team. Right. So you got to really, really work hard to be creative when you're playing as the underdog almost every game that you play. Right. It got him back into recruiting. Not that everybody loves to college recruit, but that's a necessary evil you have to do. So it got the dust knocked off. He'd been a college coordinator for six years. Right. But it got him in the big time, got him in the SEC, got him high-profile places. Uh, Lane Kiffin once said that the game that Vandy played against Ole Miss was the best they were defended all year long. Wow. Just didn't have the same horses. Sure. But Lane's smart enough to know when he saw something really good. And the same thing with uh, South Carolina. We out – Coach Soda, you know, kind of outcoached those guys right. a little bit. So all that prepared him. He would have probably still got ended up in the same place. Mike McDonald goes, stays for one, had just been at Baltimore. He probably would have still, still got the same call from Jim. But I really trust and believe in my heart that because he was at Vanderbilt for that 12-month period and cycle of college football, then when he got to Michigan, I think he was better prepared for the Michigan opportunity. And then he took it, ran with it, went 13, 14, and 1, whatever we were and then really ratcheted it up this year. Uh, coaches and players alike bought in, consistency, continuity, and there's no offense in college football that would have beat our defense this year, thanks to him. That's pretty high praise. It's, well, I kind of like him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get maybe 3%, 4%. Uh, well, yeah. I, if, I wrote, if I said all this the right way, yeah. you know what I mean? That, uh, no, agent barely gets that, so no, you're, no. you're in pretty good maybe shape. I get a discount, <laughs> just one, 1%. <laughs> <laughs> so nice your time in michigan yep uh it, it, whether you go back or whether you go on to something else uh you've been at notre dame you've been at cincinnati you've been in the nfl yep. how does michigan compare to those places it's the absolute best culture i've ever been around working conditions going to work every day and i had my own program i mean so i've kind of been there where right. i've had my own right. you know my philosophies i've worked under lou holtz a couple of times i just kind of came up the lou holtz way which was a little bit more older-fashioned, more authoritative-like. Uh, and then I've seen other people since I've been a head coach. I've been around Chip Kelly. Chip's very, very out-of-the-box thinker. Uh, there's similarities between Chip and the way Jim looks at life. And uh, But when I get to Michigan, I'm happy to do it with my son, my family, my grands, all that's a bonus. But to watch Jim Harbaugh uh, implement and execute his culture and philosophy, see the people and the players around him react to him, in such a positive way, never more demonstrated by the fact he missed six games and we just rolled. Right. And it just kept on going without him, which is why the culture, now with Jim gone, still has a chance to exist. And Sharona give it all the due respect and you know take the positives and run with them and then be his own man in other ways. All right, so I got, I got about 30 seconds. Anybody listening is going to want to know, who does Rick Minner think is going to win the Super Bowl now? Uh, I think I'll go with the Niners, even though I'm okay. a huge Pat Mahomes oh, fan. Me too. I mean, I was – Pulling for the Ravens, naturally, with all the ties. Sure. Now that they're in it, I think that if the Niners just stick to their guns, they can win this thing. It was a great one four years ago. Yeah. And uh, it'll be a great game. I don't care who wins. They don't have a dog in the fight. Uh, but I like, I love Mahomes. He is just the unicorn. And uh, But I think a, a good game might tilt toward the Niners if they keep running the football. I don't know how you defend Mahomes. It just seems like everything you, you want. Yeah, you, you just hope he makes a bad play <laughs> oh, yeah, or two. You know. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. We're out of time. As always, 
I don't know. We do a better hour than the hour Rick Minter comes in here a couple times a year. And so I'll file this one away as great shows. Appreciate we'll, you, brother. We'll get it up there on Facebook. Yep. If you missed the show or you're just tuning in, you can listen to the Rewind tomorrow morning. Or you can go to our websites on the, uh, on the playback there as well. Enjoy it as always. You enjoy a little downtime. Yep, We'll I get will. you in here again before you head off to... Next season. Next season. There you go. I'll be back in the summer. We're done. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. If you missed any of today's show, hear it again tomorrow morning at 7 on 107.9 The Fan or on demand anytime at thefan1079.com. KCMC and KTFS Texarkana.